0: Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com.
1: This episode is episode 315, and we're talking about Quintana Roo.
0: That's right, Quintana Roo in eastern Mexico.
1: But before we get started talking about Mexico, let's talk about Panama.
0: Yeah, because Panama is where we are right here, right now.
1: Right here, right now, we're actually in a cupboard under the stairs. Yes,
0: (laughs) of a farm where we're house-sitting, which is about, what, a 15-20 minute drive away from Santa Fe?
1: Yeah, 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah,
0: and then Santa Fe is about an hour away from San Francisco, which is about half an hour away from Santiago, which is the nearest city to where we are.
1: Yeah, life here is quite interesting. We agreed to do a house-sit here just for a couple of weeks, and we've recently agreed to come back and stay here for six months. So this is going to be our life for six months of this year. Not living under the staircase. No, no. Although I, I think most of our podcasts will probably be recorded down here because... We're house sitting for a farm and it's the big house and we have our own little place that's just small, but it doesn't actually have complete walls for ventilation. The uh, the upper bricks have airflow through them. So if we were to record the podcast in our little casita, you would be hearing all sorts of noises from wind charms to uh, the sound of the ferrier, which is going on at the moment to the dogs barking. And they do like to uh, interact with us.
0: Yeah. And there are fewer screaming lizards down here as well.
1: Well, I haven't seen any here under the stairs, but uh, there might be one or two. There's a little spider over there.
0: That's good. Little (laughs) spiders are fine. The, The one that I saw the other day was a tarantula about the size of a dinner plate crossing the road in front of me, and I just wanted it to keep on crossing the road.
1: I'm so glad not to have seen that. When we first arrived, we were talking to the homeowner and she was telling us all the stories about the snakes she had seen and how poisonous or how venomous they are. I was thinking twice about coming back because I'm not a big fan of snakes. New Zealand is one of the few countries in the world where we don't have snakes. I I like that a lot about New Zealand. So I'm a little bit apprehensive about being in a country where, you know, there are many ways you can die after being bitten by a snake. But we haven't seen one yet, so that's good.
0: No, I've been out of hiking or at least walking the dogs almost every day. Uh, we did a night hike uh, a little while ago, which was great, where we saw some uh, some mammals, some interesting frogs, we some did big see a snake. spiders. Yeah, I saw some pretty snakes. Well, it was just well, a little... At least, at least one pretty snake that night.
1: Someone called it a vine snake. It looked like a vine. It was it was beautiful, and it wasn't scary. Some other people who were staying here said they saw an enormous black snake slithering across the road, but we, well, we haven't yet, so that's fine. We're really enjoying our time here. It's quite funny. I thought we'd be on a farm. That means we'll be all alone, and we won't see anyone for days at a time. Well, yesterday, I think four different groups of people came to see us. First of all, uh, a random Spanish person came to see us who had said he'd been told by the homeowner that we were thinking about buying a place in Spain and he wanted to come and warn us that that might be you know, not the best idea. He gave us coconuts. That was fine. And then some people who were doing a home exchange came to drop off some keys. The woman who sells us dairy products, Janice, came to sell us some milk and cheese. Delicious. And who was the last visitor? Oh, the guy that
0: came out to cut some wood oh, using, right. the, uh, using the saw there. And so then we went out in the evening and saw some other people we met, Kim and Denny, and uh, went out to the fair, uh, town fair this week. So the dogs have been terrified with the fireworks and yeah. the music. But uh, that, was, that was interesting. don't know if I'd quite go as far as saying fun or the food was good, but it was definitely interesting to see how the town celebrates. But anyway, let's talk about Mexico, which yes. is the whole point of this thing.
1: That's true. This is going to be a slightly short episode this time because our setup down here under the stairs isn't the best. For the next podcast that we record here, we will set it up better, but I think we'll just make this one a little bit shorter than usual, because I'm already starting to sweat.
0: I'm not surprised, it's about 30 degrees outside. (laughs) So let's talk about Quintana Roo. It's Mexico's easternmost state, so it's a long, skinny bit of land that runs all the way along the Caribbean coastline off of the Yucatan Peninsula. The state of Yucatan is to the west, Belize, the country is to the south, and if you jumped across the water, you'd find yourself in Cuba.
1: You've probably heard of Cancun, which is the state's most famous city, and Cancun is actually a tourist city. It was designed for tourism. So we were there for a week or so, and we didn't like it that much, but there are lots of other things that you can do in the the state as well.
0: There are lots of reasons to go into Quintana Roo. There's the sun, the food, the culture, Mayan ruins, cenotes, and lots and lots of fun at the beach, including snorkeling and scuba diving. We've talked a little bit about cenotes in previous podcasts, and we'll talk about them again today. Uh, But to kick off, here is the sound of water dripping in an underground cavern with an underground lake.
1: So, you've decided to go to Kintanaru. How do you get there? Well, the easiest way to get there is to fly into Cancun. There are some ridiculous offers out there for return flights from the States or from Europe. Personally, we paid about 300 euros for a one way ticket, but we've seen return tickets for as low as 350 to 380 US dollars.
0: Yeah, we were flying in from London, just Mm -hmm. to put that into perspective. From Cancun, you can catch a bus, well, from Cancun Airport, sorry, you can catch a bus into Cancun Central or down the coast to Playa del Carmen.
1: And that's what we did. Uh, We'd recommend you go there. It's quite a nice place. You can catch the ADO bus, Ado, from Cancun Airport to Playa del Carmen. It takes about an hour, costs 146 pesos, which is about eight US dollars and it runs every 30 minutes. Information varies about what time of day they start running and what time they finish. But more or less from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. It was quite interesting.
0: In all of Mexico, we found everyone priced everything in pesos, the Mexican currency, except in Cancun, where everyone priced in U.S. dollars, with rates being about 20 to 80 times higher than it would be if you paid in pesos.
1: Yeah, if I remember rightly, when we got to Cancun Airport, there was a stall selling tickets from the airport to Cancun or from the airport to Playa del Carmen. And the prices were advertised at 146 pesos, which is about eight U.S. dollars, as I mentioned. Or you could pay in U.S. dollars and pay 12 U.S. dollars. So it was quite a big difference. Yeah, it's a significant
0: tourist tax, and it's only playing on the people that are too lazy to exchange money. In fact, I saw a woman having an argument with a bus driver about wanting to pay in U.S. dollars and get change in U.S. dollars on a public bus in the middle of town.
1: It drove me absolutely insane. He didn't have change, so he couldn't give her change. How, and she was really upset about would it.
0: anyone have change in U.S. dollars when they live and work in Mexico? Absolutely mad. So don't be terrible. Exchange some money. Save yourself anywhere between 20 and 80% on all of your purchases, and help everyone to like you a little bit more.
1: If you're going to catch the bus from Cancun Airport to Cancun, it's about 68 pesos and takes about half an hour. So that's about four US dollars or a little bit less. They run from around quarter past eight until half past midnight.
0: Yeah, those uh, Edo buses are really good and a great way to get around the rest of Quintana Roo and also to go inland into Yucatan Peninsula or Yucatan State itself. You can also hire a car, which we did for a while to do our big road trip we talked about in a recent podcast. Car sharing is really popular. There's a website called BlaBlaCar, which we use a lot in Europe, and they have a pretty good base in Mexico as well.
1: Yeah, we used that to get from Monterrey down to Queretaro, and we found it really good. I'm not sure how extensive it is in Quintana Roo. It's definitely quite extensive in the rest of of Mexico, so I imagine it will be good there. If you do decide to do ride sharing, just make sure that you let someone know that you're doing that, and also choose someone who has good references. Another
0: option is just to base yourself in one spot and do day tours from there. It's quite expensive, though. It looked like 90 to $100 US dollars per person per day seemed to be really the standard. So it's obviously much cheaper to be on the move using local transport. But if you're short on time or uh, there's just one thing out of the way that you'd like to go and see, it's a good investment.
1: One of our favorite things about Quintana Roo was the food. We ate tacos, tortas, enchiladas, quesadillas, seafood. But you might be able to get a special lunch deal
0: from place to place that includes uh, your main meal plus a drink in agua or agua fresca. And we were quite surprised the first time that we ordered agua.
1: We asked the the owner of the restaurant, you know, do you have a meal like a menu del día or something like that? And he said, yeah, yeah, you get the plate and and an agua. And I thought, so you get a glass of water. How exciting. doesn't seem like the best deal to me. But uh, our friends Janine and Ange both decided to do that, and Craig and I got enchiladas or something else. And when the agua came, it wasn't just water. It was a delicious fresh fruit juice. I think this one was, was watermelon, and oh, my goodness, from then on we just ordered aguas all the time.
0: Yeah, aguas were, I'm going to say this with shock on Linda's face, better than most of the Mexican beer. Yes, I just admitted it, fruit juice tastes better than beer in all of Mexico. Their beer tends to be insipid and watery. We did find a couple of craft breweries that were doing some interesting things, uh, but the quality was well below uh, homebrew level, and best left to when you really want to get drunk.
1: You could also try a michelada, which you never tried, did you? No, and I never intend to. It's probably a good thing. So,
0: a michelada is when they take a, a perfectly simple beer and. They're not they, very nice, according not, to you. No, not very nice. But then they add other things that don't sound very nice, like tomato juice and chili syrup and crabs. No, and it clams it wasn't and, crabs. And, and clam juice. And they put it in the beer and mix it around and give it to you with a smile on their face.
1: Now, I agree that it doesn't sound very nice, but the one that I did try, I've only tried one myself, was actually surprisingly interesting, although my one did include seafood. But uh, no no crabs, it was just uh, shrimps and oysters and something
0: else. We also encountered uh, what I've found out since is a North American speciality um, of Clamato, which is, I don't know, it's, it's clam flavored and tomato flavored mush that they put into beer. And yeah, eating the, the runoff of a, of a clam <laughs> combined with a bit of tomato juice and beer. As you can tell, I wasn't enamored with the drinks of Mexico.
1: But you did like tequila.
0: Yeah, that's right. And it's a great import into the area. Uh, I don't know if we'll have enough time to do a podcast about our trip around all of the, the central north of Mexico, where we did go to Guadalajara and did a trip out to tequila, visited some tequila factories. Absolutely beautiful. And delicious. Yeah. So the, the drinks got better as you as you got further north. I think that,
1: that was the thing. Yeah, I suppose we were thinking of it as, you know, we're in Mexico and tequila is from Mexico, so therefore, you know, this yeah. is a local drink. But it, it wasn't actually from very near the region.
0: No, no, not at all. Uh, while we're talking about uh, some warnings, another warning is the uh, the time zones. There's five time zones in Mexico, and last year in 2015, Quintana Roo changed to go and match the U.S. Eastern Standard Time to help with their tourism a little bit. So it just doesn't connect with anything west of it. And you have to be a bit careful, uh, especially if you have limited hours on your check-in or check-out at a hotel uh, when you're moving backwards and forwards across the state line.
1: That's right, yeah, most of Mexico is on the central time zone, but Quintana Roo, that little sliver of of eastern Mexico, is on a different time, and we didn't know when we arrived. And when we drove over the border into the Yucatan state, we were really surprised when the time changed on us and we couldn't work it out.
0: A pleasant surprise was over the, I don't know, two, almost three months that we travelled in Mexico at the end of last year and beginning of this year, we did not run into one corrupt policeman, After we've been told time and time again about all of the corruption, all of the shakedowns, all of everything, with one exception, and that unfortunately was a police stop in Quintana Roo, where we got pulled over for speeding, even though we were driving slower than all of the other vehicles, and coerced into a 500 peso or 50 US dollar fine. So that was unpleasant. And it was the only place in all of Mexico that we ran into problems like that.
1: Yeah, we were expecting to be stopped many times and and being given false fines. But the only time it happened was when we were on our way to the airport. And we were all ready to, you know, brazen our way through it and say we'd go to the station and everything. But we just didn't have time. We had to return our car and go to the airport. So, yeah, we were down some money. Janine said, "You know, it's okay. Just look at it, as it. Look at it as an experience." I was like, "Yeah, a really great experience." Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, let's look at the main centres, and the first of those is Cancun. It's The biggest city, the most popular tourist city, and it's also the most modern city. In fact, it's only about 30 to 40 years old as it was completely created in order to serve mass tourism.
1: That's right. Most of the buildings are hotels and resorts that are located all the way along a long peninsula that face onto the Caribbean coast. So most of the people there are tourists just coming for a week or two weeks to relax and enjoy the sun. The city itself, that is not on the peninsula, has some really great food. We had some really nice meals there. But apart from that, it didn't seem to have that much going for it.
0: No, and I talked to several people that were working around Cancun, uh, working at the resorts, at the, the hotels, at the restaurants, which is pretty much all there is. And with the exception of two of them, none of them actually lived in Cancun. They were commuting in, doing their thing, and getting out again, which I think is a pretty good plan. Unless the holiday you want to have is sitting by the pool and relaxing and going to nightclubs and uh, going to American chain restaurants, then you're going to have a great time. But otherwise, get in, get out.
1: Yeah, it's a great place to fly into and then move on from. If you do find yourself staying there for a week or so, there is a set of Mayan ruins on the peninsula called El Rey. It's a relatively modern set of ruins, so it's not quite as impressive as some of the other ones. Uh, The city itself, there's a market. You can wander around the restaurants that I mentioned earlier. But, yeah, otherwise, the thing to do seems to be to go on tours. We mentioned earlier that the tours tend to cost around 90 to $100. US So choose one or two of the ones on offer rather than doing that every single day.
0: You can get out to Chichen Itza from Cancun, but it's a very long bus trip. And I Mm -hmm. recommend you listen to our previous podcast, on the Yucatan Peninsula and inland in order to figure out a much better way to do that. There are several theme parks, all good day trips from Cancun, which start with the letter X, like x uh, Jules Ha, and the one that we went on to, Xenotes.
1: Cenotes is an adventure tour, not so much of a theme park. It visits four different types of cenotes. So we talked about cenotes in the past. They're underground pools that are exposed when the bedrock above them collapses. Yeah, it was a great introduction to the Cenotes because, well, you always have to pay to visit one of these pools. And so this one means that you get the transport as well as adventure activities. We went rappelling and ziplining and kayaking and lunch and beer and stuff was included as well, which is pretty nice.
0: It was. We also got several hours of free Mayan massage, which (laughs) was the very, well, pretty comfortable uh, minibus we were in, bumping along these terrible, terrible roads at high speed. Good good compression for the spine there. So going for a swim after that was very, very pleasant. Alushlum. Alushlum. Alushha. Alushha. Alush ik. Alush ik. Alushkak. Alushkak. Tawotosh. Tawotosh. Jekina. Jekinak. Kananton. Jumbotik. Jumbotik. So what we just said in Mayan is for the four alushes that we're gonna visit, that is wind, earth, fire and water. They're going to visit their home to take care of us exactly the same way that we're going to take care of it. And June tik," the last word that I just said, means thank you, but in a very deep way. Like in way, I feel the same way that you do. Okay, so this is what I, we just said right now, right? Cool, so that was a Mayan prayer that we said before starting the day at Genotes, asking the, the spirits of the different Genotes to uh, treat us peacefully and look after us. Another thing to do from Cancun is go out to Isla Mujeres, which was a lovely island just to go out for and have a peaceful day with apparently great snorkeling around there as well.
1: Yeah, apparently there's an underwater museum that you can visit to go snorkeling or scuba diving. We didn't. We just caught the ferry across and relaxed, and that was really nice. To get there, you can catch the bus from the hotel zone to the centre. It costs about 10.5 pesos. And you can ask the driver where to get off for Puerto Juarez. When you get off, you'll see some yellow minibuses, and you can take one to the Ultramar Terminal, which costs eight pesos. Then from there, you can get a return ticket to Isla Mujeres. This is a lot cheaper than catching the ferry from the hotel zone itself. And also, the ferry from the hotel zone doesn't have a very good return schedule. I think the last one comes back at about 4 p.m. So if you want to stay later and have dinner out there, you'll end up not being able to.
0: Well, you can actually use the same ticket for both ferries, but I think uh, I paid, because I had to go from the hotel zone, I think I paid about 320, 350 pesos. That was priced whereas, in US
1: dollars, wasn't it? It was 20 it was, US dollars. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, whereas Linda paid 146 pesos, which was so less cheaper. than half the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up having, because we stayed out there past the last ferry return to the hotel zone, I ended up using my expensive ticket to go back to Puerto Juarez and doing the, the multi bus thing. So, you know, it's probably worth the hassle of doing the multi bus thing. So you can stay out there for the evening, enjoy the cool of the evening, enjoy dinner, and then head back.
1: You can also take a taxi back from the Ultramar Terminal if you want to. Yeah, of course.
0: Playa del Carmen is just south of Cancun and was. Still touristy, still resorty, but in my mind it was a lot more relaxed and a much nicer place to spend time.
1: Yeah, we only spent a couple of days there and it was raining quite a lot when we were there and really windy. But we've heard the beach is a lovely place to hang out when it's not hurricane gale force winds. We had some really nice food and when we got away from the the tourist shopping strip, we really enjoyed it. Absolutely.
0: Uh, It's becoming a reasonably big spot for digital nomads with good connections internationally as well as good internet connections and a nice lifestyle. So that's beginning to kind of form up there. We'll see what happens over the next couple of years.
1: As you travel further south, you'll come to Tulum, which is famous for its Mayan ruins. We really enjoyed them. They were located on the coast, so it was nice to be kind of standing on the coast looking at the Mayan ruins behind us and the water up to the front. But they weren't quite as impressive as some, as some of the other ruins we visited, like Chichen Itza. They were a lot cheaper, though, so that has something to say for it.
0: We didn't really get a good feel for Tulum because we were driving up from further south and then stopped and saw the ruins, got some more petrol, and kept driving north. That's right. So I don't really have much to say about it, but the yeah, the ruins were impressive, but very, very busy compared mm-hmm. with every everywhere else. And I'm guessing that's because of their their closeness to Cancun.
1: And also the time of day. I mean we were quite careful to try to visit the ruins, the other ruins that we went to early in the morning. And this one I think we visited in the middle yeah. of the afternoon. Mid afternoon, yeah, after lunch. One of the place we didn't get to is Cozumel, which is an island not far from Playa del Carmen, which is apparently a scuba diving paradise. So that's something else to consider.
0: Absolutely. There's so much to see and so much to do and so, so much that we didn't try.
1: Yeah, Tulum was as far south as we went in Kintanaru, but if you continue on south, you'll eventually hit Chitumar, which is right on the border with Belize. So there's heaps of places we haven't mentioned, but, you know, yeah. go there, explore, you know, there's lots of places to see.
0: Absolutely. I'd say, uh, just in wrapping up, the coastline was... Absolutely beautiful. The food that we had for the main part was great. And I really recommend spending some time there. But it's best if you're on a lazy beach holiday. Or if you want to go scuba diving. Yeah, all all the beach stuff. Absolutely beautiful. And as much as I love the beach and want to spend all of my time at the beach, I was surprised by enjoying my time inland more, in the mountains, in the plains, in the jungle. And uh, that really surprised me. Mm -hmm. But I think there was a combination of a lot less tourism. Things didn't feel so crowded and so hectic. And, uh, yeah, it just felt a lot nicer to me as we traveled through.
1: Yeah, personally, I'd say limit your time in Kitanaru and head inland to see more of Mexico, if that's where you're headed. Well, we're heading on from
0: here pretty soon ourselves, eh?
1: That's right. On Saturday, we're heading south. We're going to continue on to meet our homeowner, who is doing a home exchange in the Valle de Aidenton. And uh, so we'll spend carnival with her, so that should be quite interesting. Neat. And then on
0: to Colombia. We'll be flying into Medellin, and if things go to plan, we'll find an apartment there for a month or two. And uh, just explore a little bit of the city, get some work done. And then travel around Colombia for a a month or so before Mm -hmm. heading back here to Panama.
1: Yeah, to be here for six months should be interesting.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Oh, by the way, guys, we're thinking about doing a podcast about what to do the night before a trip, so a pre-trip checklist. So we've got our own list, for example, things like double-checking that you don't need a visa to go to Ukraine. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, but we'd be interested to know what you guys do before you travel. Is there any specific routine you go through do you have a checklist what do you think should be on our checklist
0: that's cool we'll put that question up on facebook today eh? and uh, people can jump in there and answer that on facebook or of course send us an email mail at indietravelpodcast.com uh, you can also connect with us uh, at indietravel on twitter or instagram
1: well that's us for this time until next time travel well